Thank you for listening to Elohim Christian Church's podcast. We're a place where imperfect people worship and meet a perfect God. If this is your first time listening, we're located in Richmond Hill in Queens, New York City, and are led by pastors Carlos and Rebecca Medina. If you're looking for a place to worship and to know Jesus, we would love to meet you and see you in person. Find us online at www.elohimchurch.org so we can connect. And now, here's this week's message. God is good. <laughs> and all the time. Say it loud so the enemy can hear it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I greet you in the name of Jesus, and I just thank God for my church. Hallelujah. My church family. And I thank God for our pastors, Pastor Carlos and Pastor Becky. Praise the Lord. Thank you for this opportunity. And if you can't tell, I am super nervous. Praise the Lord. But God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I pray that the word that God has given me for you this morning has ministered to my heart. Amen. And I pray that you just open up your mind and open up your heart to what the Lord has in store for you. So this morning, I want to start off with a little story. Praise the Lord. Um, On Saturday, uh, I had my, it was a very impromptu visit. My sister came, Pastor Iris. It's my sister, if you didn't know that. Praise the Lord. She came. <laughs> she came, my brother-in-law came, and a couple of friends came, and we had like this, you know, they brought their leftovers. I had leftovers, and it was all good, right? But when my sister came into my home, she could see probably from the window that I was trying, attempting to put up my Christmas tree, Right? And um, as soon as she came through the door, she just came alive. I knew that my sister was tired because my friend had told me, you know, your sister's tired. She hosted yesterday, but she's coming anyway. I said, all right, we're just going to relax here. We're going to have a great time. But when my sister sees the Christmas tree and what I was attempting to do, she just came alive. Oh, wow. I love what you're doing. Oh, this is me. Oh, you got to let me help you. This is my jam. This is what she says, right? <laughs> so I'm looking at her, and her joy is, <laughs> is bringing me a lot of joy. Because if you know me, my sister knows me very well. I, I delegate very well, right? I love to tell people what to do. Amen? But uh, not always, not in every case. So my sister goes, and she quickly grabs the ornaments. Let me do this, Naomi. Let me, I got you. I got you, Naomi. I got you. And if you know anything about my sister Iris, God has gifted her with many talents. And one of her best talents is that she can take a bunch of things and make something so beautiful. Amen? So check out my Facebook page so you can see my Christmas tree today. Amen? <laughs> she blessed us. She made that tree look so beautiful. And when she did that, I saw it brought her so much joy. That tiredness was gone, right? Me and my friend, we helped a little bit, right? If you know anything about Iris, if you can't do what she says, just step aside, right? But that's her skill set, right? And her talent, her wanting brought so much joy, not only to her, but it brought joy to the entire house. I believe that it changed the whole evening for us. 
And I believe that everybody that will come and visit me at my house will see that tree and feel that joy. Amen? So why am I sharing this story with you this morning, right? But it's because I want to bring to light that every story has a moral. Every story has a lesson to be learned here, right? And the lesson that I wanted to bring towards this little um, story was that, you know, sometimes God is going to present you with situations, right, where you need to put your talents to work despite how you're feeling, right? Because the talent that God has given you is just that, a God-given talent. And what is given to God, to us, is not for us alone. It's for us to give, right? To partake to, right? So this morning, I want to ask you a question, and which is also leading us to the title of the sermon. What are you doing with what God has given you? Mm. Heard that. Praise the Lord. That's confirmation, right? The Lord has put in my heart for all of us today to speak from the parable of the talents. So I'm not going to ask you to stand because it is a couple of long verses. So we're going to go to the, quickly to the book of Matthew, right? And we're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to start looking at the verses, verses 14 all the way to 30, right? And as we go through the sermon, I'll, I'll go and I'll just go through the verses. But let's read a little bit of it together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And let the church say, Amen. And again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another, two talents, and to another, one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. And the man who had received five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. And after a long time, the master of those servants returned to settle accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought other five talents. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, 
harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. I'm going to just read 26. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. I'm going to pause there. I'm going to stop right there. And again, the title sermon today is, what are you doing with what God has given you? So let's look at what is a parable, right? Here we go, Bible Institute students. The general, the general definition for a parable is that it's a simple story, right? It's used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson, right? As told by Jesus Christ in the gospel. The Gospels are, Bible Institute students? Oh, we got work to do. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and? There we go, church. Amen. So allow me a little bit to summarize here, right? The parable of this talents, as told in Matthew 25, 14, right? It begins with a wealthy man. Okay, some versions say it was a wealthy master. But nevertheless, he was wealthy, right? And he's going on a long journey. And before he leaves, he decides to call his servants. And he decides to entrust them, right, to look after what is his. Similar to how, if you know anything about investing, investment banking, right, you go and you invest your money and you leave charge to those people to look after and to take care of what is yours, right? So he gives a lot of money to the first one, he gave him five, to the second one he gave two, and to the last one he gave one, right? And upon his return, the master, okay, he learns that the five and the two Yes, they doubled the amount. And he was so pleased with their faithfulness. And he promised them to, that he was going to entrust them with more. And they were able to share in his joy. Right? But to the servant that he had given one, one talent, that servant hid what the master had entrusted to him. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Because he says... It was out of fear. The master reprimanded him and gave, him his, gave his portion to the one who had gained the most. So this parable is usually teaching us about finances, right? It's, if you've heard this parable before, the story usually aligns with how to be a good steward with what God has given you. Amen? So I want to put a little twist to it because, like I said, it's a parable. And we could take many stories out of parables, many lessons out of parables, right? Many morals out of parables. So what I want you to see here is that I want to share that God here is showing us that we 
his children are given talents. Each and every one of us have a talent, right? And it's a talent to help the kingdom of God grow. It's a talent to help serve others. It's a talent that is not only to be used here. It is a talent that is go out in the world and do what I told you to do. Use what I've put in your hands. Amen? Amen? Are you with me, everybody? Amen. Right? But let's not forget, storing the gifts away and not using them, that's not okay. Just like these three servants had different amounts, we too have varying levels of talents. My sister is super talented in decor. I can't do that. Right? I am talented. I'm gifted in the, in the talent of singing. Right? My sister will tell you. She's my backup, right? I love my sister dearly, amen? But she can't sing, right? It's not her gifting, but God has blessed her with other things that are not my gifting. I do not have an eye for decor. I don't like shopping. She loves shopping. We could go into a home store, oh, like this, this, this. Oh, yes, I see this, I see this, I see nothing, right? We too have different levels of talents. And what God expects from us is that we match the level of gifts that we receive. Are you getting what I'm saying, church, this morning? Amen. I love the way the NCV version says in chapter 14, the kingdom of God is the kingdom of heaven is like a man who was going to another place to visit. And before he left, what did he do? He called his servants. And I want to pause right here and I want to bring you to the first lesson that I want to bring for us to learn here, to take from here. We are called by God. The master went directly, right? He didn't select any body he selected the three and he called them take that take a minute let that let that soak in your soul for a minute we are called by God amen so he calls them right and just like it says in verse 9 of 2nd Timothy he has saved us and called us to a what, church? A holy life. Amen? A holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. The master has called three servants because he had a purpose for them. The master has called us because he has a purpose for each and every one of us. And I'm going to tell you right now, your purpose is not to come here Sunday after Sunday, sit, receive, and leave. I'm going to leave it there. We are identified as those chosen by Jesus Christ, so therefore we possess a specific purpose. Who are you in Christ? I'm a child of God. What do you have? I have purpose. 
Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. We have purpose, and that purpose is designated by God. That purpose is not designated by your degree. That purpose is not designated by your family line. That purpose is designated by God the Almighty, your Father himself. And what does that purpose include? He has an intention for you. He has a task for you. He set it all up for us. God has called each of us to become the people of God he has created us to be. And to do the things that he has designed us to be able to do. You are capable of so much in God's hands. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say, you can't do this. This ain't for you. Just sit there. Be quiet. That's the lie of the enemy. You were designed. You were wonderfully and beautifully made for God's purpose. So the parable continues to say that each of the servants, what was handed to them, was entrusted by God. They received from the master according to their ability. Let's take that a little bit. Again, the version that I'm reading is the NCV version. It says, the master gave each one as much as he could handle. You ever heard that? God won't give you more than you can handle. So why are you playing? Why are you acting like what you have in your hands, you can't do it? That which you get all stirred up when you see other people doing it and you're like, yeah, I wouldn't do that that way. But you're sitting in the sidelines. You're sitting in the back. I'm going to use my sister again. Oh, Pastor Iris, she should be doing this with the kids. Oh, the kids should be doing, oh, man, they should have sang this song. Why? The shoulda, coulda, wouldas. That goes nowhere. That does nothing. You sit in your shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you go home with your shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and nothing happens. He knew that he the master knew that he was placing each talent in each person's hand according to their ability. Eli could tell you so much about Con Edison and Keyspan and electricity and lights and construction. The man leaves me at awe sometimes. Me? Nope. Right? Different abilities, different abilities. James can talk to you about what it is to have cancer treatment because he works for NYU cancer treatment people. He can talk to you about that area because God has skilled him in that area. Me? I'll tell you, go to James, right? God has skilled us, each and every one of us, differently. It's not a race. He didn't tell them. The master didn't give them each according to their ability and say, on your mark, I said, go. 
It's not a race. It wasn't a competition, and it wasn't even favoritism. Let me say that again. It wasn't favoritism. God gave them each their talent according to their, according to their, according to their, because he knew what they could handle. Sometimes we find ourselves saying, God, I can't handle this. Yes, you can. I can do all things. Through who? Oh, yes. Which brings me to my second point, which is very straightforward here, right? The lesson we take from here is that God not only called you, he entrusted you. What's in the word entrust? It's the teacher in me right now. Trust. Trust. He has assigned you the responsibility because he knows that you can. He trusts us. I gave you this because I trust you. You're gifted in photography because you have a good eye, so I trust you. You're gifted a musician because you're, you have that skill and that mindset, so I'm trusting you. You're gifted in singing and anointed, working with young boys, and I trust you. I've called you. He trusts you. You're given that responsibility. And just like you do at work, you're given a responsibility. You do it. Yes? What happens if you don't fall through with the things that were handed to you at work? Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people going, right? 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 That talent that was placed in their hands, they absolutely knew that the master not only entrusted them, but it wasn't theirs. He entrusted them with what was his. Amen? Amen. This is a valuable lesson that we learn here. So let's try and remember it here. That which God has placed in your hands are his possessions. The talent that he has entrusted with you, that which he has blessed you with. That ability that he has skilled you with. That thing that you know that you could do so well. Don't get crazy because it doesn't belong to you. Keep humble. Keep yourself humble. Right? God called you. He entrusted you. Stay humble and know that as easy as he's given it to you, there you go. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I got to just make sure you're with me, church. Right? Amen. So the master has given us here. He gave the servants an opportunity to go and increase. Go, grow. Right? The parable doesn't say that he said that specifically. The parable, again, I'm talking about is Matthew 25. Because I just want to make a little side note. There is another parable in the, in the book of Luke. And there's, the stories are similar, but he says different words. It's not the same. That's not the one I'm talking about here. You got to read between the lines in this parable. Right? So 
He gave them an opportunity to go and increase. We have the same opportunity. So I'm asking you again, church, what are you doing with what God has placed in your hands? Are you sitting in church envisioning what it could be? Oh, man, I could see that. I love when people say that. So go do it. Yes? Oh, man. Wouldn't it be great if we could? There go the shoulda, coulda, wouldas again. Right? So I ask you, what are you doing with what God is, play, is giving you in your hands? Are you like the two faithful servants? Are you taking your talents and your abilities and are you making them work for the master? Are you making them work for the kingdom of God? The Bible says that because of their faithfulness, with the few things, they were promoted and put in charge of many things. And they were able to share in the joy of their master. I don't know about you, but I want to share in that joy of my master. I want to be able to tell my master what you gave me, I did this with it. Or have you done just what as the unfaithful servant did? He hid his talent in the earth. And instead of using his opportunities, he quickly buried them. You see, church, I want you to make an emphasis this morning. Your talent is an opportunity. Amen? Is an opportunity. It's not just a skill set. It's not because you went to school and you learned how to do something and you did it better. Take the you out. It's because God has given you the opportunity. It's because God put that passion in your heart and you said, wait a minute, I'm going to grow from this. I want to learn this and I want to learn this and I want to do this and I'm going to help here and I'm going to help there. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit moving you to make an increase in his kingdom. Moving you to use your talent, use your ability. Why are you sitting stagnant like the third servant? And if we keep reading, we know about what happens with his unfaithfulness, right? Which brings me to my third point. The third lesson that we can learn from here. Whatever you do not put to work for God's purpose, you stand at forfeiting it. You stand to lose it. You will lose what God has placed in your hands if you're not using it for his purpose. Are you hearing me, church? Are you getting this, church? Look at verse 24 and 25. It says, the man who had received one bag of gold, he came and he said, I want to make emphasis on that. He said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your talent, Lord. And I hid it in the ground. So, so here, 
is what's yours. Now, I want you to bear with me in this next couple of minutes. Because this part of the parable, I was able to see it in two ways. So let's look at the first way. The Bible says that he said, the servant said, notice I'm saying that. I keep saying that, right? Stay with it. Stay with it. He said, I was scared. I was afraid, right? He was so scared and overtaken by fear. Now, don't get me wrong. Fear is a real thing. And I'm very aware of that, right? But he was so fearful of messing up the thought of him messing up what God has placed in his hands scared him so much that he didn't even try. He didn't try. He was so worried. What was going to happen? I'm going to fail. This is a real anxiety for many. A real fear that even before you step out and do something, you're so scared. All these thoughts that are going in your mind. Well, what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? Well, what if this happens? And you keep taking a step back and a step back from what the purpose that God has for you. Well, I'm scared. What if I fail? What if others say I did it wrong? So what did he do to play it safe? What he thought was best. He buried it in the ground. And this way, he wouldn't lose it. When his master comes back, I'll give it back to him, right? But at the same time, he lost the point. You buried it, but you also buried the opportunity to grow. Are you like this servant? Because of this, the servant's mind was overtaken by fear and his thoughts, and his master did not receive it well at all. He said, you wicked and lazy servant. Those are hard words. That's a big reprimand. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to receive that reprimand. So what happened here? After the master scolds him, the parable says that the master took the talent from him and gave it to the one who made more. This servant, because of his fear, forfeited what God had placed in his hand. He lost the purpose. He gave up the task. Now, again, because it's a parable, right? It's open to interpretation. So let's look at a different view here. The first one, we're saying, right? He said that he was afraid. But now let's look at a different point of view. If we go back to verse 18 in the verse, 
in the, in the text. It says, but the man who had received the one talent went off and dug the hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. My sister says that a lot. Right? Hear me out. The parable doesn't really tell us what the servant was feeling in that moment. Right? Yes? Right? What he was feeling once he saw, hey, I got one talent. What was he feeling? So, it's open to interpretation. Let's take a pause. He took the talent, went off and dug a hole and buried it. Why? Why did he do that? What was he thinking? And of course, when we go further down, we hear that he says. Here I go again, y'all. He says <laughs> that he was afraid. But how many of you have heard that parable, actions speak louder than words? Meaning that a person's actions shows their real attitude rather than what they say. He could say whatever he wants to the master. The parable doesn't specifically say that at that moment he received that one talent and he was afraid. He said, the servant said he was afraid. Why'd you do that? It's my student. Because I was scared. Second graders are very afraid at the, sometimes, right? Why did you take his pencil? Because I was afraid. Afraid of what? Right? Yes? Your children, why'd you do that? I don't know. I was scared. Fear is something that is used very loosely in this world today. And it is a large excuse in the many things that stifle us. It is a big reason why many of us are still where we are today. Do not allow your fear to overcome your faith. Don't allow it. Because this servant was so fearful, he lost what God had given him, right? So let me take you back. There is a possibility here, right? That because of the action taken here, right? Him burying the talent, right? That the master had given him. Maybe he thought, ah, I just got one talent. Doesn't matter. What am I going to do with one talent? Uh, who's going to care about this one thing? Why do I have to worry about it? It's just one. The other two got five. He, he got two. They got more than me. They, I don't need to worry about this. Burying what God has given you. Let's put it in more, right? Maybe this is the mindset of people today. My talent is not that important. What I can do is not that important. Look at all these people who could do all this better than me. Burying the talent that God has given you. 
They can do it better than me. Burying. There's so many people there. They don't need anybody else there. Burying what God has given you. And if you bury it to the point, you allow the enemy to tell you so many lies of what you can't do because you only have that one talent that by the time you look, your talent is so buried and so far gone into the deep lies that the enemy has given you that you have no way of getting it out. Are you hearing me, church? So, what do you do? How far are you willing to go with this? And I'm speaking to those who you know deep in your heart, God has been nugging, nugging, pulling at your heart. I told you, I gave you this. I'm showing you what you can do with it. Oh, so many people in Elohim, I'm not needed there. I'm fine right here where I am. What did I say in the beginning? You are called and entrusted by God with a talent not only to use here, but to use out there. Don't get stuck in the lies of the enemy that says that you only could serve in the church. It's good to serve in the church. Don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong. Your service is needed in the church. Your talent is needed in the church, but you can also take it out. Use it at work. Use it in your family. Use it with your neighbors. Let God use you. The Bible says, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's exactly what the third servant did. He leaned on his own understanding about what his master does. We lean on our own understanding and fear begins to sit in. We lean on our own understanding and we begin to think that what God has placed in our hands is not that important. It's insignificant. It doesn't matter. But it's in your hands. And if it's in your hands, it has a purpose. And God gave it to you for you to do something with it. Not for you to sit and sulk and say, I can't do nothing with this. How will you know if you don't try? How will you know if you don't try? Just imagine if that servant would have moved in the same faith that his master had in him. He could have doubled, he could have doubled that talent real quick. Don't move by your own faith. Don't move by your mindset. Move in the faith that God has placed in you. Move because he called you. Trust him because he trusts you. God has called you and entrusted you, church.
you got to trust God. You got to trust God with your talent. You're not insignificant. Your talent, your ability is important. It can be used. It can be used and it should be used to grow in the kingdom. Don't let fear overtake you. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Because the Lord, your God, goes with you. That is the promise that he says. He says, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. God, I'm going to take this talent and I'm going to put it to work. And God is right there by your side walking with you saying, I'm with you. I got you. I'm not leaving you. Don't be afraid. Come on, do it. Do it. Do it. Go. Put your service to work volunteer there put your hands to the plow we must not allow the enemy to consume our thoughts don't hide what God has given you you might say I don't know Pastor Naomi I don't know what God has given me Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. We are all believers. All believers in Jesus Christ have been called by God. And as servants, he's entrusted us. He's gifted us with purpose. Because the day will come, church. The day will come where we have to give an account. The day will come where God is going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? What will you say? What sounds better? I multiplied what you placed in my hands for your kingdom? Or I was afraid and I dug a hole and I buried it? Do you want to work? Trust God. Trust God, and he will multiply what he has put in your hands. I want to end with this today. I've asked the Lord this morning. That last part, I'm going to be quite transparent, was a little hard for me. Because it's hard to tell people, what God put in your hands, if you're not using it, he's going to take it from you. And I could say in my years as a worship leader, I've seen it happen. And it's very sad. But I want to tell you today that God is giving you an opportunity today. He's telling you, remember, I called you. You think you came here by your own devices? You think you just landed here by coincidence? God has a purpose for you. And some of us have lost that purpose because of circumstances in life. Because we have allowed things or, or people or the thoughts of the enemy to overtake us and bring fear in us. And we've just paused and taken what God has given us 
and covered it with the lies of the enemy and say, I can't do that. Don't bury the talent that God has given you. Rebuke the spirit of inferiority. Rebuke that fear of failure. Look deep within you. And begin to excavate out that talent that God has called you to do. It's not too late. God is coming soon. But I feel to tell you it's not too late. Go get that talent out from under the lies of the enemy. Go excavate what God has placed in your hands those many years ago. From the very depths of the ground, that talent is screaming out to you. I'm still here. Go get it. Get it out. Let others see what God has gifted you with. Don't be afraid. God walks with you. He is with you. He will never leave you. That which God has placed in your hands, He will use you. He will lift you up. His kingdom will grow. And what is the benefit of that? He will charge you with more. He will give you more and more and more. And you will be able to share in the joy of the Lord. To those of you who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I invite you today, come, come and get to know this Jesus that we serve. Come so that he can bless you with talent. Come so that he can turn your life inside out and upside down. Come. You won't regret it. Jesus will turn your life around. But I want to speak to those this morning who have that talent. And maybe you're not quite sure how to go about it. You want to begin to multiply in the talent that God has given you. Ask God today, show me. What do I do? Give me a spirit of boldness so that I can go to, to someone and say, hey, Pastor Rice, I'm an artist. I know how to draw. I, I can do art with the kids. Hey, Pastor George, I love speaking to people. I want to be part of the evangelism team. Hey, Sister, Sister um, Sylvia, I love women. I have an experience in my life as a wife and as a mother. I want to help other women. There's much work to be done. And your talent is buried. 
it's time to excavate it out. So as we stand this morning, as we lift up our hands, and as we take all this in, take it all in, it's not too late, it's not too late. We serve a God of second chances who says, come, take that talent out. Let me show you what I can do in you. The altar is open. We are here to pray with you. We want to stand with you. And we want to encourage you today. Don't let your talent go to waste. Come out of here blessed, renewed, and ready to work. God bless you, church. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it blesses and encourages your life.